What's going on, guys? In this podcast, I'm going to discuss size and how important it is at every position in terms of like projecting a skill set from college to the NFL, right? A lot of times you'll hear guys saying, you know, you're, you'll hear that like football people, front office people make the statement like, hey, man, prototypical size at the quarterback position is important. You know, I want to be 6'3". And then, you know, if they have if they have hands under nine inches, then I don't want them. If they have hands, you know, whatever, whatever, all that stuff. And it sounds dumb. And the reason it sounds dumb at times to us is because then we see a guy named Russell Wilson, right? We see a guy like that happen and we say, hey, man, he's under six foot tall and you guys let him fall to the third round. Therefore, your process is flawed you know, you dummies, like you should have taken a chance on him. Who gives a damn about that extra inch or two? And then you see Kyler Murray and you're like, hey, you know, like they're just overreacting. We know everything now because we saw two guys under six foot succeed, right? And Kyler has been successful, but he hasn't necessarily been, you know, um, undeniably like, you know, there are still questions there is all I'm saying, but I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. What I'm getting into is this. We, a lot of those same people that make fun of the fact that NFL teams have certain size kind of barometers at each position, and a lot of the analytics community in particular will will make fun of that, right? Well, here's the thing, and and really what I want to kind of emphasize on this podcast. When the analytics community does that, the analytics, and and I'm not, I don't know if it's necessarily the same, all the analytics community, I'm not trying to necessarily pin all this on them. But I'm just saying, like, a lot of times we look at something in hindsight and we and we use an outlier to be representative of what we should look at in every case moving forward, right? When in reality, that's an outlier. Russell Wilson is a special dude. Kyler Murray moves like no one we've ever seen at the quarterback position before or like a few maybe like we haven't a couple guys we haven't seen right uh and michael vick and and things like that but the point i'm making is this you cannot even if you didn't want to draft kyler murray and he goes on to be and you pass on him right i know nobody did because he was taken first overall but let's say he you pass on kyler murray he goes on to become the greatest quarterback of all time well it's gonna sting no doubt about it right but i will say it's understandable And the reason it's understandable is because the NFL, when they have these certain size limitations at certain positions, the reason they do that is because they use analytics. They have in their systems, right? Well, hey, over the last 15 years, there have been 1,300, you know, prospects that fit this description and four of them have succeeded, you know, so you've got a four and 1,000 plus chance like like those are the types that's where they get that stuff they're using analytics they've been using analytics for the better part of the last century you know it's been 50 plus years or so of you gil brant was really the revolutionary of that from what i understand in terms of personnel and team building and things like that what you know we can't just um praise analytics on one hand and we want more of it but then when it doesn't fit with a particular um, you know, personal preference about certain things, then we then we crucify it, right? We can't do that. So, um, and I also want to talk about just like when you look at certain trends that happen, okay? A few years ago, someone made the brilliant, uh, uh, you know, 
statement or I guess uh, they had this vision that accuracy is much more important than arm strength for a quarterback. Or I don't even necessarily want to bring accuracy into it, but that, but what you'll hear a lot of the analytics community say, or just the draft Twitter community, if you will, is they'll say arm strength is overrated. And I think that there's a, okay, arm strength is overrated has been this like banging the drum, similar to, you know, pressures are more indicative of future production than sacks and and all that stuff. And while I may even agree with that to an extent, right, on the pressures thing, um, I just think that we, we can't put pressures on a pedestal because the goal is a sack. But I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, my point is this whole like arm strength is overrated thing um, has really shown itself to be the flaw that it is. Now, are there strong arm quarterbacks that that cannot succeed because they can't do other things well? Absolutely. Is arm strength the end all be all? Of course it isn't. But arm strength is indicative of arm talent, just overall arm talent, right? And if you look at right now, the guys that have been taking over the league, so to speak, over the last few years, you got rookie of the year last year, Justin Herbert. His arm is an absolute cannon. It is, you know, and I think that, and I even said this leading up to the draft last year, I'm pretty sure, like, people are demonizing arm strength. It's gone from, it's gone from like, okay, we need to have prototypical NFL arm strength. And then over the last five years or so, or maybe even like the last three, four years, it's been like, no, no, no. Arm strength doesn't matter to the point where it's almost like a negative. Like if the guy's arm is too strong, he's Jamarcus Russell. You know, we, we cannot do that. We cannot do that. Guys, special arm talent is special. It's a bonus. It's always a good thing. The reason Jamarcus Russell failed was absolutely not because he had too strong of an arm. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was many other reasons, but it was not because he had elite arm strength, right? If Drew Locke does not succeed this year, because I think this is kind of the, the make or break year for him in terms of at least at least from a Denver Broncos perspective, it will not be because he has an elite arm because Drew Locke does have an elite arm, okay? When you look at what I was saying a second ago, the quarterbacks that have been taking the league over lately, you've got Justin Herbert, rookie of the year last year, elite arm strength. You've got Josh Allen, who I said coming out of the draft, pre-draft, only the OGs know that if you were following me way back then. I said he needed two years. Well, year three comes, and that rocket arm was also complemented with other parts of his game that had developed mechanically mainly, and now you've got an elite quarterback, rocket arm strength. Patrick Mahomes, rocket arm strength. Um, Aaron Rodgers, big-time arm strength. You know, you, you, you look, right, and like all the elite quarterback, not all, but a lot of the elite quarterbacks that we like have elite arm strength. You know, I mean, just think about that. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, who just won rookie of the year. I'm not saying he's elite yet, but he's, I think we can all agree that he showed signs that make it likely that he could be one day, or at least possible, okay? Um, Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, you know, Lamar Jackson. I said Lamar Jackson had elite arm strength coming out of school, but his fundam his his feet were all often so bad that it didn't always show up. But the arm alone is elite. Like it had it has velocity on that thing when he throws it. 
You know, Trey Lance has elite arm strength. The concerns about Tua Tagovailoa, number one concern by anybody that actually watched the film was his arm strength. It was not elite. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow doesn't have an elite arm in that way. He has an elite arm in terms of accuracy, just like Tua does. But Burrow has a bigger arm than Tua. So Burrow's was just a little bit stronger of an arm and just as if not more accurate than Tua, which is why I had no problem with the Burrow projection. Although I did have some concerns from Burrow from the standpoint that he was such such an advantageous situation in college, right? Whereas Justin Herbert had to do everything for Oregon. Anyways, point I'm making is this, guys. Arm strength, even though it has been demonized, and even though it is not the end-all be-all, it absolutely matters. When you see, and I know you guys probably get so tired of this because you'll see like a quarterback make a throw from the opposite hash 20 yards down the field, you know, and, and you'll say, you'll hear whoever say like, oh, there's an NFL throw, you know, and it's like, okay, but we've seen that not work out before. And therefore, somebody felt really smart, or as a result of that, somebody felt really smart and said, hey, arm strength is overrated. And then it just caught fire. And it's just widespread this narrative over the last few years. But Kyler Murray, also another one, big time arm strength, just so you guys know, it's certainly not a negative, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's um, something that should not be demonized. And the reason why scouts, the old school scouts care about it is because it matters, right? When you can when you have that kind of arm strength, you can make a throw that is not an available option to somebody else. Like to, like Justin Herbert can can try throws that Tua Tagovailoa could never dream of. And also that Joe Burrow could never dream of. And maybe even that Tom Brady could never dream of. Although weirdly enough Brady's arm is like getting stronger over the over the years. It's weird. Like he I would say it's it's not maybe not as strong as it once was, but it's really still got plenty of juice on it. But the point I'm making is this. When you have Ely Armstrong, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, those guys can can try things that other guys can't try, right? Therefore, on any one particular play, it makes their range of outcomes for success more plentiful, you know? So... Um, does arm strength, you know, again, arm strength, not the end all be all, but it certainly matters and we should not be demonizing it. Okay. When we look at big wide receivers, another thing I want to talk about, I saw somebody saying it with Rashad Bateman, uh, on Twitter today or yesterday, somebody was just like, you know, Rashad Bateman is this year's Nikhil Harry. That's, that's ridiculous. Okay. I had a, um, a few years ago when I first, actually, I believe it was my first year, of fair shake football when I was actually starting to to put things out there on the internet because I was watching film a year or two before that for the college players and then my first year I had a big bias at receiver towards the bigger guys right because I as a Panther fan I watched Kelvin Benjamin come in as a rookie and and have almost a thousand yards as a rookie and just look like the the transition from college to pro was so easy for him because of that size that I that I then overcompensated, put too much emphasis on size. So I had like a late second round grade on Auden Tate the next year. You know, I had um, I wasn't so high on DJ Moore. I wasn't very high on Calvin Ridley. I had second round grades on them, I believe, but I wasn't like 
you know, jumping up and down about those guys as prospects. And so for me, I've had the opposite thing happen where I started off very, very, very high on. I want I wanted my number one wide receivers coming out of college to be 6'3", 215, 6'3", 220 at minimum, right? I just, for whatever reason, that, that was just how I was wired, okay? What I've realized since then, and, and really DJ Moore was the one that made me learn this lesson, was the ability to separate and the and play strength to have elite level play strength at your size whatever it might be is more important than anything else if you can separate you have play strength and you have agility and you can run routes right obviously that's that stuff is very important but the the um where i'm not going to go with this in order to like balance that out is I'm not going to go and just say, nope, any big receiver I don't like. I'm not going to do that because that's reckless. Because guess what? Kenny Galladay, there will always be a world where Kenny Galladay gets to succeed even in 2021. And there's always a world where Kenny Galladay is a true X receiver. He just is, right? He has that kind of size. Is that size a requirement? No. But I will not use it against guys similar to how I will not demonize arm strength at the quarterback position. So I think that when we look at guys like Rashad Bateman, we need to watch them individually. You know, we don't need to say, well, the last big receiver I liked was Nikhil Harry and he stinks. No, for the record, I did not like Nikhil Harry. He was like my 90 something ranked player in that draft. And, you know, I think that in some ways, Nikhil Harry has showed me more than I actually thought he had and from just an explosiveness athleticism standpoint, but he just doesn't ever look it on the field, or at least he didn't in college, and it really hasn't translated into the pro game that way. But I'll tell you what, for Rashad Bateman, I guarantee you he does not bust. That's just my feeling on it, right? Obviously, I could be wrong, but I would feel so comfortable to guarantee Rashad Bateman is not bust, you know, and... uh and I would have bet strongly the other way that Nikhil Harry did. It doesn't make me right. Maybe Nikhil Harry has a great season this year. Who knows? But you just, when you catch yourself doing stuff like that, you really need to be careful because that is how you make mistakes. And then that's how you compound those mistakes consistently. You know, so I no longer have the same kind of um, obsession with like, oh, I want my true number one receivers. I want my first round receivers to be 6'3", 215 plus. You know, I I no longer have that, but I'm in the same breath. I'm not going to hold it against guys like Rashad Bateman or what, 6'2", 215 or whatever. You know, that right there is totally fine with me as long as you can do the other thing. So, Every single time you look at a prospect and you're and you're kind of trying to form your opinion of him, make sure you don't move the goalposts because I know a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys watch film and we talk in the DMs about a lot of these guys. And, you know, I think that that would just be beneficial for everyone to kind of like, okay, I'm not going to, just because I was very high on Nikhil Harry, you know, doesn't mean doesn't mean that Rashad Bateman's Nikhil Harry just because he's a bigger receiver. It doesn't mean that, right? It's um, it's it sounds really obvious and like you know, no one should ever feel that way, but it does happen way more often than it should. Like just the fact that that guy was comparing Bateman and Nikhil Harry today on Twitter, that right there tells me that the guy hasn't watched enough film on on Bateman because <clears throat> for me, objectively, Nikhil Harry was a 
far worse prospect than Rashad Bateman. Like the only all Nikhil Harry really did at the college level was win some contested catches, right? And then he he had uh, he would create like yards after the catch. But my big problem with Nikhil Harry in terms of that part of his game was I didn't think that was going to be able to work at the pro level. Okay, and so far it would appear that that may be true, right? And I don't think that he's nearly as physical at the catch point. Rashad Bateman has no issue with that. He has no he he snatches the ball with his hands. He can run routes much better. He's a much better route runner than Nikhil Harry was coming out. So I don't like that. You know, I don't like those kind of blanket comparisons at all. And um, yeah, I just think that we need to be very careful of that. And then the other thing is a lot of times we'll do this, right? We'll see a certain player. And um, in the case of Efetu Malafanwu this year, Obi Malafanwu, the Yukon, um, I believe it was Yukon safety from a few years back that everybody on draft Twitter loved, right? <laughs> they had that guy as, um, you know, first round safety and he was just awesome or whatever. And I was totally guilty of that myself. Well, I think now we're seeing somebody that's a potential superstar in front of our eyes. And, and I think his name is FA2. I'm not sure how to explain how to pronounce it, but uh, the Melifon move from Syracuse, the corner. He's like six, almost 6'3", 220 or 216, whatever. But this dude has the agility of a little guy. It's amazing. Anyways, I think that this happens a lot, right? We see the brother in that situation and we say, oh, I'm not going to do this because your brother, it's almost like helmet scouting. We do the same thing, right? We say, oh, you know, last guy I liked from Florida State didn't pan out. Sorry, you can't, you know, like that kind of stuff, right, is very toxic and, and you know, dangerous. So that's another one I think that we need to try and avoid that as we as we proceed, you know, in, in making our big boards and everything like that for this year. So um, anyways, I wanted to just get some things like that off my chest, guys, and some of the evaluation. If you have any other certain evaluation talking points that you, you know, kind of philosophical evaluation talking points you want to, you want to discuss, let me know and, um, I'll make it, I'll make a, uh, I'll make podcasts on that. We'll talk about it and get it all out there because honestly, it's weird, but I learn more from you guys than you, than you learn from me, I believe, because the question, some of the questions you guys ask and some of the statements that you make, it makes me think, right? Because I'm never just going to shut the door and act like I know better because I don't, you know, but I'm also going to, I'm going to listen to it. And then a lot of times because of that, I know a lot of people don't answer DMs and things like that. So they don't even have the opportunity, they don't even give themselves the opportunity to learn. But for me, I think that it's, it's certainly beneficial for me to, um, to take on you guys' suggestions and to actually think about them and try to answer them in an honest way because that definitely helps me. So anyways, I appreciate you guys for listening. I will um, be back with another one soon. All right, peace.